Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. They're longtime friends. Let me tell you something real quick about Dibs that I'm sure not everybody knows. <laughs> and first-time partners. Hang in there, big guy. There'll be bright days ahead. Now these two homegrown Bay Area boys finally come together to take over sports talk. Get the hell off of my doorstep. Major League Baseball, you steam. It's Willard and Dibs <laughs> on 95.7 The Game. Hi again, everybody. Alongside Larry Kruger, it's Dan Devon. We have you until 6 o'clock. We'll talk all things Bay Area sports, starting with... <laughs> all right, Larry, after that Golden State Warrior game, what's going on? Oh, man, that was ugly. We'll talk about it. The Warriors slipped to under 500 once again, now 15-16, and 16, the latest loss at the hands of the Miami Heat, a Heat team that came in. We talked about this yesterday. They were undermanned without their best player, Jimmy Butler. They were out with some key players, including the veteran Kyle Lowry. Caleb Martin wasn't available. But still, not only did they beat the Golden State Warriors, but they beat them by double digits, and they pretty much dominated throughout. So the Warriors with a lot more questions to answer today. Golden State doesn't get any easier. They're going to take on the Dallas Mavericks. That's coming up tomorrow night. Once again, all the action could be right here on 95-7 the game. But let's start with what took place last night out at Chase as the Warriors had it right in front of them. I mean, they had ample time. They hadn't played since Monday on Christmas. And here come the Miami Heat. You're well-rested. You've been rejuvenated with the infusion of this new young starting lineup with Pajemski and Jonathan Kaminga. You're good to go. And then that. You laid an egg. And quite fl- frankly, Larry, they just did not look inspired. There was a, a lack of energy, and they looked as though they were on the back-to-back on a road trip, whereas it was the complete opposite. How do you explain away what took place yesterday? Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it other than um, they're now sub-500. They didn't shoot the ball. They're not shooting the ball. I mean, if you said to me that the Warriors were going to struggle this year, I would have said, okay. Uh, They won 44 games last year. They're on pace to basically do the same thing. They're now sub-500. I think they're underachieving. They can't shoot. I mean, they're 24th in field goal percentage in the NBA. They've got Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, uh, 24th in field goal percentage. They're shooting 46% as a team. Why can't they shoot anymore? That would be my my first question. What happened to the shooting? And that that jumps out to me. But beyond that, it just it's not happening. Steph's thirty five. Um, it just doesn't look like it's all coming together. I just think that they're in a real precarious time in their organization right now, where you know they're they're base now sub five hundred. Um, I think there could be big changes looming, and I'd love to hear from the audience today, um, either via the text line or taking some calls. And just if you were running Golden State, if you're Dunleavy, or if you're Joe Lakeup, because some of these decisions may come over Dunleavy's head, um, what do you do? What's the trade that's looming? What's the firing that's looming? And I do say firing because I think that's viable. Um, something needs to happen for Golden State. We back that up, firing meaning the coach, possibly. I mean, there's, it's not working right now. Um, and it, and to me, I just get this vibe that Steve is real concerned about a veteran's revolt. And um, you know, I mean, I, I personally, I don't love the rotations. I didn't love yesterday. I mean, let's just take Moses Moody for an example. Moses Moody. Um, had a great five-minute run in the first half. He was excellent. He didn't play at all in the third quarter. No, I know. no minutes in the third quarter. 
and then they put him in in the eight, in the fourth quarter, and he looked good in the fourth quarter. He was our best player in in that eight minute run, and they're clear. He clearly is like prioritizing minutes for Wiggins over guys like Kuminga and Moody. Moody and Kuminga need to play twenty five to thirty minutes a night. And don't tell me about Jonathan Kuminga's six turnovers. It only really resulted in I think like four points for Miami. Yeah, he, he's going to turn it over from time to time. But this guy shot 38% from three last year. He was shooting 41% from three in December uh, coming into last night's game. And I just don't think that Kerr's developing him quickly enough. And in the fourth quarter, when you know, you, you've got the game, there's some separation there, no fourth quarter minutes to develop for Jonathan Kuminga. Moody's not developing. Kuminga's not developing. Kerr's afraid of a veteran's re- revolt. Um, and I, I, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, he should be under the gun right now. I, in my opinion, he should be. I know he's got four rings. I know he's a great coach, great guy, better guy. But I don't know. I mean, at what point do you say, you know what? You've got all kinds of pelts on the wall, but your voice is no longer resonating with this team, I don't know. I'm not sure. I I, I don't know. Um, you know, if it's it's a players' league, but I do think these rotations have to be scrutinized a little bit. To me, their best five man starting lineup is the lineup that they finish with in that Celtics game, where they had Steph and Clay and Chris Paul and Kuminga and Trace Jackson Davis. You're too damn small. Play Trace Jackson Davis. How hard is it to understand? Play Trace Jackson Davis. I mean, he played in the fourth quarter, but what happened when the game was on the line? He wasn't playing. You're getting beat on the glass. Play Trace Jackson Davis. I mean, it's not like this guy's super raw. So I I don't I don't get it. I don't understand why why TJD doesn't play. I don't get it why Moody doesn't play at all in the third quarter after the way he played in the first half. It seems like Wiggins's minutes are always prioritized over Kuminga or Moody's minutes. I don't, I'm not loving Kerr's feel for this for this team this year. They're now sub 500. I think they may I think they need a major Move. You saw Steph and Clay at the end of the bench, at the end of the game, just sitting there with towels over their head, despondent. They're, I mean, this thing needs to move. This thing needs to change. I don't know if it's Kerr, but Golden State needs a major move to shake it up. Is it two or three guys for a Durant? Maybe. Is it dumping the coach and going in a different direction? Maybe. Is it is it uh, moving Andrew Wiggins and CP3? Maybe that's it. I don't know. Is it moving Draymond or Clay? God, I would hate to see Draymond go, but maybe that's it. I don't know what it is, Dan, but they're, they're 15 and 16. They're not playing well. Uh, I see not playing well. They, they they were playing well recently, but it just there's something about their whole their whole outfit right now that just screams they need something to happen and something major to happen soon. I think last night was the low water mark. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Again, Miami without their best player Jimmy Butler and also Kyle Lowry and some others, some other key members of that team gone. And yet you lose, and you lose by double digits. Now, that just doesn't happen to a team that's supposed to be competitive in the Western Conference. I'll stop short of of firing Steve Kerr. I don't know if I can go there. You said something yesterday that really resonated. I don't know what the solution is, but that's got to be at least on the table. You know, you said something yesterday that I was thinking about while watching the game. And you talked about the Denver Nuggets and how they're in their prime, right? You're talking about their key players, including Jokic, all 25 to 30 years of age. And I'm watching the Warriors yesterday, and you're right. They're either too old or they're too young at times. They're not, you know, I tried on a jacket the other day, seriously, about two weeks ago, and they didn't have a medium, and I really like this jacket. All they had were larges and, like, extra smalls. And so the guy that was helping me out, he's like, either gain 10 pounds or lose 10 pounds. And that's sort of the Golden State Warriors. You, either, you can't commit... You know, to guys who are 35 years of age, and maybe it's too young to commit to guys in their early 20s, and they find themselves in sort of this imbalance where they're not hitting that sweet spot of guys who are in their prime. They're either over the hill 
or they're still ascending to the top of the hill. And partly, partly, I mean, let's be told, let's put all the cards on the table here. It's partly because they whiffed on their top three pick. I mean, there was a trade on the table for Anthony Edwards. He went for 44 last night. Now, he went first. He went in front of them. So technically, you can sit there and go, well, they couldn't have gotten Anthony Edwards. But they're, according to multiple reports that I've re- I read at the time, um, Warriors could have made a deal and moved up and got Anthony Edwards. But Kerr didn't like Anthony Edwards' work ethic. Didn't think he was the right fit. If they had somehow wound up with Anthony Edwards and not uh, Marshmallow James Wiseman, they would have extended their dynasty. Instead, they swung and they missed. It was Edwards, LaMelo, and Wiseman. Edwards would have been the extend the dynasty pick. LaMelo would have been the incredible talent added to your roster pick. Wiseman was the whiff. They whiffed. Just, that's 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 kind of why they were at they're at where they're at right yeah, now. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think that unique opportunity. How often does that happen? Where you still have Steph, Draymond, and Clay? They're still we're still pretty much in their prime just a couple of years ago, and then you find yourself in the lottery in back to back years, and those guys are all coming back and they're healthy. Like you had a chance to abridge this thing and keep it moving down the track, and we'll see whether they swung and missed in, in both lottery picks because the jury's still out to a certain degree with Johnny, Jonathan Kaminga. We're taking your calls at triple eight. Nine five seven nine five seven zero. I do want to start with J.K. Because I know a lot of people are sort of glossing over his performance last night. But this is the sort of level of concern I think that Steve Kerr and others have when it comes to Kaminga. Just when it looked as though we were reaping his praises and talking about how the game was slowing down for him. And he's beginning to see the extra pass. He's getting a chance to start. He had talked about how he doesn't like you know, coming off the bench or going to the bench. And then there's last night. The, the six turnovers, minus 26 overall. And it's, you know, I, I think it's attributed to the fact that he's still learning. But again, for Jonathan Kaminga, it's two steps forward, yet he still takes that giant step back. And you look at somebody like that, Javier Yaquez, the young man out of, out of UCLA who was the Pac-12 Player of the Year, and in his first year. And sometimes, much like that of Pajemski, not only can he score, but this guy has been big all year long in terms of just one of those players that you can, as a rookie, put him in with a good team like that of the Miami Heat, and he's going to be an impactful player. He's going to recognize balance. He's going to know how to distribute. He's going to know how to get his own. And so when it comes to Jonathan Kaminga, I know the raw athleticism excites all of us. But there is still, Larry, I think the lack of consistency is proven by last night. Yeah. I was looking for Javier Jaquez. You're talking about you're talking Jaime. about Jaime Jaquez. No, no, I mean I did that twice yesterday. <laughs> Javier Jaquez. Uh, Jaime Jaquez was really good at UCLA. What a yeah. pick that was! My goodness, that was a fantastic pick. I love the way he's playing right now. Went right after um, Pod, right? Right after Bajenski, I believe. I mean, and and you know what? I, at the time, I thought, man, that seems kind of low level. Um, but Jaquez is just you know he's a mature player and he knows how to play and he knows how to play off the ball and he's got skill. So, you know, that's what you're looking for in the NBA. Guys who know how to play off the ball but have the skill to play on the ball, and he can do that. I mean, Spolstra is a great coach. They've got an awesome – this is one of the best organizations going in basketball for sure, Miami. And uh, I just thought that this would have been a game that, you know, first game in the homestand and uh, Heat starting the road trip and they're shorthanded and no Butler, no Lowry, no Martin. Um, I thought, man – Golden State's got this one, and then they just can't shoot it at all. I mean, terrible shooting night from Steph Curry. Uh, but why the Warriors with all these shoot? I mean, if the Warriors, as small a team as they are, are going to be 24th in field goal percentage, it's not going to work. They're done. They're absolutely done. Put a fork in them. They're finished. They got no shot. You can't if, if they're they're going to be the donut team. They got to shoot the ball. You can't be 24th in field goal percentage when you're also small. You know, we can't shoot, but we're small. You know, I mean, it's like, what? So, I mean, and, and, and to me, it's not even about that. That's not my big issue. I mean, I'd like to see them get get some more size, but it's more just about some of these rotations that just don't make any sense. It's like, if I'm Moses Moody, man, I, I want out of here. I want out of here because there's no conviction on him getting any kind of regular minutes. None. There's no conviction. He plays great. Who cares? Doesn't matter. He doesn't play in the third quarter. I mean, this game was decided in the third quarter. Um, it was what was what was it like a five point game at the end of 
at the end of at the half and something like a was it fifth, what was the margin going to the fourth? I mean, that's the game was won in that third quarter, and Moody was great in the first half, and then he doesn't get any minutes at all in the third quarter. And then here he is in the fourth quarter, and he looks good. He played well. He was one of their best players on the floor. So I don't, I don't, I'm not getting Kerr's rotation. And you know, I guess deep down, I really don't believe it's Wiggins is the guy that I've kind of lost belief in. I'll, I'll, I'll just freely admit that uh, he played 26 minutes. He had 11 points. He's an 11-year veteran. He's a one-time All-Star. He's been disappointing since that All-Star appearance. Um, he's not the answer. And in my opinion, I want to see Moody and Kuminga's minutes prioritized over Wiggins' minutes going forward. And if there was one guy that I think, you know, if if I'm voting for the big move, the big move would involve Wiggins. Because they, they gotta, if you're going to clear the decks, clear the decks for Kuminga and Moody. I mean, here's the thing. You're wrong. You either were wrong to take Kuminga and Moody in the lottery, or you're wrong for not playing them in their third year. You know, it's, it's, it's time to play these guys. Um, so, I, I, especially when you have no GP2, you have no Draymond Green, um, and they're playing, you know, Moody's playing well and just evaporates. It's like it's like nobody notices at all. Um and then the game's lost and okay, it's garbage time thrown back out there. And and Kuminga, I know he turns it over and it's it's frustrating to watch, but he also does other things on the floor. I mean, this guy can defend, he can he can rebound, he can run the floor, he can finish inside. Um I know he had turnovers last night and they had I think the Warriors had like eight or nine turnovers before Miami even had one. Uh, it was it was a turnover fest early, but still, I mean, s- stay with this is the bumps that go along in the road with young players that are twenty one that are developing, and it's just I just don't feel like Steve's ever going to give Kuminga or Moody enough minutes to ever ramp up their career. So, I mean, seriously, I mean, I don't want to see those guys traded, but if you're just going to sit there and kind of waste them away with you know with no rhyme or reason to their playing time. Then you probably should ship them if you don't want to use them. But I, I think at this point, if I'm Joe, if I'm Dunleavy, there's got to be a major huddle session and go, guys, this isn't what we planned. We're sub 500. We got big decisions on our plate. Let's be decisive. Let's think about this and make the right call. Because to me, Dan, they have to make a major shakeup move. Otherwise, this thing's just off the rails going forward. They're not. They're not in the caliber of the top teams in the West. And if they think they are, they're they're delusional, and it's it's going to be painful down the end of the end of the year. So, what's the big move going to be? I don't know, but one has to come. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. We're putting it out there to you. If there's a big move. Who's out of town? Who do you want? We start things out in Oakland with Leroy. Wants to talk about the head coach of the Golden State Warriors. What's up, Leroy? Hey, what's going on, guys? Man, you guys are doing a fantastic job filling in. Hey, I'm a lifelong Warrior fan, and I just think right now with pretty much what we're stuck with, I think the adjustment has to be Steve Kerr's philosophy. And his philosophy is, hey, how you guys are going to get minutes is basically you swing the ball, do everything, set the screens, do the rebounding, and swing the ball to Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson. If you do that, you're going to get playing time. And I think with young guys, that sends the wrong message. And it should be, hey, if you're open or you have the talent or you feel like you can go one-on-one, go with that thing or shoot the ball. But I'm seeing the, the players hesitate. Hey, this is not Draymond. Draymond's going to sacrifice his points and not work on his jumper and not do the things he needs to do to score because he knows he's the extension to Klay Thompson and Curry. I'm just going to wait that half a second. I'm not going to shoot. I'm going to wait till they pop open. And I think this is what Kerr wants the young guys to do. And the other day, Kaminga's like, hey, I don't know what they want me to do. I think he exactly knows what they want him to do. They want him to wait and swing the ball to Curry and Clay, and he's saying, I'm not Draymond. I'm not that player. And if you look at the press conference Steve Kerr had, 
it was the first thing he said about Kaminga. Well, you know, why he ain't playing? Because, you know, he was hesitating to swing the ball when, you know, Curry and Clay was open. And J.K.'s going, man, I, I ain't got the weight. I got the talent to go. So I just think that Kerr needs to just change his philosophy to, hey, stop waiting to swing the ball to the greatest backcourt that has ever been. And, hey, if you can go with it, go with it. If you one-on-one or you got the shot, shoot it. And I think that would pay dividends, especially with the young guys. Leroy, thanks. And I think he hit on something there. And it's something you and I have talked about, and that is how do you balance when you have young players and what is supposedly supposed to be a competitive team? It's not Detroit. It's not Washington. It's not Utah. It's not Portland where you're rebuilding or in this transition mode where you can just roll these guys out there and say, go ahead, Jonathan Kaminga, play all 82 games and you got 35 minutes of burn every night. Learn from your mistakes and get better. You don't have that affordability, I think, with the Golden State Warriors because they're thought of as a team that is supposed to contend, at least get to the NBA Finals. So that's sort of the dilemma is, do you defer to the OGs? What is it that you, how do you, how do you mix in or how do you infuse the youngsters with a core that's considered, you know, Hall of Fame-esque? And that's where I think, you know, that's the rub in all of this is you have these older players that, that are looking to win a title right now and at the same time, you're trying to develop youth. Yeah, no, and it is tough because, and there's a lot of inconsistency there because both the young players and the veteran players have good nights and bad nights. You know, I mean, last night, for example, Clay Thompson, bad night. Steph Curry, bad night. Um, and yet, you know, and there's other nights where you're going to have some younger players like Pajemski or Kaminga or Moody who have a bad night. Um, the consistency, of the inconsistency of older players is they can't bring it every night. The inconsistency of younger players is, you know, they 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 have you know struggles sometimes against different kinds of, uh, you know, defensive struggles against different kinds of opponents and and up and down shooting nights or it's a little bit more. You know, you're not quite as consistent when you're 20, 21, 22, 23. So that's kind of what they're battling right now. They don't Kerr doesn't know. He doesn't know what he can expect from from you know the guys in his rotation, so he doesn't know how to play them on a nightly basis. But the young players need the minutes to develop, and so if I were the, if I were him, I would start developing some of my younger players and hope that they can improve. Because the, the the chances of Moody or Kuminga or Pajemski or Trace Jackson Davis really improving with minutes is far greater. Then you know, oh, you're going to get some amazing production out of the veterans. The veterans are going to have good nights and bad nights based on their age and their energy level and their, you know. I mean, I think that's that's what we're looking at there. But it's a tough one for Kerr because he's got he's got a he's got a lot of players that are very similar uh, in that they're. You know, it's not an easy to to delineate rotation because you got a lot of players of comparable skill, uh, despite the fact they're different ages and different points of their career. And I don't envy them, but um, it's this idea where Moody and Kuminga. I mean, Moody and Kuminga at this point should be playing twenty five to thirty minutes a night, and Moses Moody played thirteen minutes. And it's like if he plays well in the second quarter, then you got to put him out there in the third, Dan. You can't just sit there and be like, "Oh, you know what? We're going to sit him and ice him for a quarter and put him out there in the fourth. The game was done by then. You know, the third, the game was won in the third quarter. So I don't know. I want I want to see Moses uh, and Kuminga's minutes prioritized over Kuminga. I'd like to see Trace Jackson Davis, who now has I think three or four double doubles compared to one for Looney. I'd rather see TJD start. Um, and I like that lineup they had at, at the end of the Boston game with Steph and Clay and and Chris Paul and Kuminga and TJD. That's the lineup I want to see. I think that lineup really has you've got finishers, defenders, uh, smart players, Steph Clay and CP3 all on the floor at the same time. I think in a lot of ways that could be their best team. I think the identity is something we can get into about this basketball team because for the first time, I don't know who the hell they are. Is this a team that, that wants to run as it typically does and get out and shoot threes? Or is it more methodical and walking up the floor with Chris Paul? 
Are they young with the youngsters, or is this a veteran-laden team? Right now, the identity of this basketball team, for one of the few times, in fact, the only time since Steve Kerr has been the head coach, is sort of a head scratch. Let's get back out to the phone lines at 888-957-9570. Oh, Filmo, where you been? Let's hear from Filmo Mike. What's going on, my man? Hey, what's up with it, man? Larry Kruger preaching, man. I mean, Steve Kerr, he should have been developing the youngsters two, three years ago. Like, honestly, like, you look at Miami and then the youngster that they drafted before from UCLA, he could have been on the Warriors, but Miami got him. But the the confidence and faith that Spoltra has in his his players, he allows them to develop. Like, you have to really give somebody rope to get to let them develop. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you, like, always, like, yanking somebody when they do one thing wrong, you got to give them some leash. Let them mess up. Let them – they're puppies, bro. Like, they're going to knock stuff over. Like, her act like they can't, like – I don't know. It's so so weird, and it's like if he would have only let players play – and give them real confidence and not none of this fake stuff, like, our players will be a lot more better. You see Moody got talent. I'm not saying that he's, you know, super, super good, but when he's playing well, let him let him play. Who knows where he could be? You know what I'm saying? And with, and with Kaminga, he had a couple of plays last night where he went straight to the hole. I'm like, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Like, he may turn the ball over, but it was a couple of two, three plays where he just went, nobody could guard him. And that's the Miami Heat we talking about. So, thank you, Larry Cooper. Keep preaching, man, because Steve Curry, he needs to switch it up, man. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, how come Jaime Jaquez can get 33 minutes a night in Miami? But Kuminga and Moody can't get minutes well, on the Warriors. You could say Pajemski and TJD are getting run. Well, recently, uh, P, you know, TJD has gotten some run. But I mean, TJD should have gotten run out of camp. To be to be totally frank, and about Pajemski, it. to be frank as well. Yeah, I mean, th- these guys could have gotten run right away. And then now, now you're you're what thirty one games in. You're sub five hundred. Um, I don't know. I, it's a, it's a weird vibe. They've got a weird vibe about the, about them right now. And to me, I, I think it's like almost like everybody's waiting around for what's the big thing that's going to happen with this franchise that kind of, you know, kind of, I almost feel like they're leaning on Dunleavy to kind of come up with a, a direction or at least a reaction to how they've started. All right. We'll continue with your calls. Austin, hang in there. We have some open phone lines. The Golden State Warriors, what's next? Is there a trade? What would you do if you're the GM? The conversation continues. Larry Kruger and Dan Avone here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We know what's coming when three or four guys are out of the lineup. This is a a common theme in the NBA, and especially when you play Miami, because you know uh, they're going to be tough and they're going to—they're not going to, you know, give anything away. And you look at the box score; they had seven turnovers, you know, 26 assists. You know, they controlled the game, so we we got outcoached, outworked, outplayed. Now back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. We're streaming live on YouTube. Head to youtube.com slash 95.7 The Game to watch us live. And if anyone swears, you get to hear it. Like and subscribe for all 95.7 The Game 
content on YouTube. You just heard from the head coach Steve Kerr as the Golden State Warriors now slide under 500 at 15 and 16 on the season. Up next, it doesn't get any easier. You take on a good Dallas Maverick team led by Luka Doncic as the Golden State Warriors right now are reeling just when it looked as though they had turned the corner, had won five in a row, but after the loss on Christmas, sort of inexplicably lose by double digits to a Miami Heat team that was without their best player, without Caleb Martin, without Kyle Lowry. Anytime you hang on during the break, we'll get right to you. Back to the phone lines at 888-957-9570. Let's kick things off with Austin hanging out in San Jose. Hey, Austin. Hey, fellas, what's up? Great conversation. Listen, uh, how about a contrast last night with Miami and uh their organization and the Warriors. The Warriors have won four championships by a great organization, so we're not going to go there. But Miami's been consistent through the years. And the one thing I think that they do better than anybody is the players know they don't run the team. Um, whether it's Foster or and in the, in the, in, in, in the Don up in the up in the uh, the big the big office out there, Riley, they know they don't run the team and they know they can be moved anytime. The problem with the Warriors is that they've allowed the, the players to kind of run the organization. Even though Joe Laker pretends to be the guy in charge, he really isn't. I think he's really intimidated by the players. And, go, and, and looking at the bat, I think they probably should have moved Draymond when, when the whole thing with, with Poole went down. They should have moved both of them. Um, then he would have sent a message. Hey, you know, this is about winning. It's not about crap. And that's why I think they made the mistake is around entitlement. And then with, and then with uh, Clay Thompson refusing or almost refusing to go to the bench, what, what's going on here? Is is Who's running the team? I mean, it's time for Dunleavy to take control of the team and let the players know, hey, this is about winning. If you don't perform, you, you, you're going to be out of here, guys. That, that's my thought. Happy New Year. Appreciate you. I would, I would agree with you wholeheartedly. It's You're obligated to hear your veteran players. You're paying them a ton. They have a seat at the table. You're, you're obligated to hear their voices. You're not obligated to listen to them. And there's a major difference. And I think he hit on something that's totally right on the money. They tiptoe around their star players. Kerr does. I mean, Kerr definitely does. My God, my goodness. He's, he refuses to even acknowledge that there's been any slippage in Clay Thompson's game. He, they have not had those hard conversations that need to be had. And... Um, Lakeup, you know, I wasn't sure what kind of owner he would be. If he would be the kind of owner that would, um, you know, be kind of cold and calculating and move on from guys, or if he would, you know, have that kind of soft spot for them. And I don't know if you want to call it a soft spot or if it's a calculated business uh, decision because he feels like moving off of the big three changes them from just from a iconic dynastic type team uh, that has greater interest in sellability to just another team that's in the West competing for a bottom seed. You know what I mean? I mean, if you have Clay, Clay and Draymond and Steph, you still have the face of a dynasty. And, you know, maybe there's something that goes along with that. But I agree with the caller wholeheartedly. It, it seems like that they don't just hear their players, but they listen to their players. And not in all situations. I mean, heck, if they listened to their players strictly, they would have had Avery Bradley yeah. and not CP3 or CP2. Uh, GP2, I should GP2. say. Um, but and, instead, and their Bradley players Bradley Beal, I think they wanted at one point. Yeah, so they don't. They haven't always listened to their players. I think they do, you know, it's not. it's not totally the way he described it. But I don't think there's any doubt that Kerr has coached this thing like, hey man, I don't want to get stank guy from Clay. Hey man, I don't want to up I don't want Steve wants to keep everything on the rails and keep the keep the train moving. But there need to be some harsh, real conversations had and some real adjustments made and probably a transaction or two. And it may not. It may not be comfortable for everybody, and it may not be what Steph or Clay or Draymond wants. And um, I, I agree with the caller. I think the, the you know Warriors ought to be real strong and independent of their own players and map this thing out for the good of the franchise. Yeah, the caller was spot on when he talks about the Miami Heat. You know, Jimmy Butler talked about this. You know, he'd been well traveled, Minnesota, Chicago, and. It, it just didn't work out in Philadelphia briefly. And then he said he went to Miami, and it was almost like a collegiate experience. Like, you know that Riley is running things. 
You know exactly. They literally have to take a physical. Like, you've got to run and hit certain times, and it's not easy just to go to camp. Like, you work out, and you work out hard. It is very almost collegiate-esque. And Miami is, if you look at them... They've had great stability, too. I mean, Spolster's been there for almost 20 years. Eastern Conference Finals last year. I mean, it's a team that, you know, sometimes doesn't have the best talent, but there is... You know, there's certainly a distinct personality about that team. And as it relates to the Warriors and Steve Kerr, let me just throw this out at you. Does Steve Kerr, because his contract, is is he insulated with these guys thinking, you know what, I'm going down with these guys. This isn't about passing the torch and thinking about tomorrow. No, I'm I'm ensconced with Clay, Steph, and Draymond. We came into this together, and we're going to go out together. Is he thinking just, you know, that, that he's one of them, essentially? I don't know. I mean, I you know, I I talked to Steve uh, sitting in for somebody here in the last year, and I asked him about his future, and he he painted a picture where he loves coaching, he loves coaching this team, he loves being in this market, and he could see himself doing this for years to come, and yet. I don't know. It's a, there's a weird vibe about it. Is he towards? Is he at the end? Are they? You know, I'll say this: there's a huge portion of the fan base that is now kind of, for the first time, kind of openly complaining about Steve, despite the fact that he's delivered the franchise four championships. Now, some people would say, ah, they don't appreciate Kerr. Other people would say that Kerr hasn't adjusted well um, as his team has evolved has his rotation evolved i mean he he seems like he wants to coach these guys but three years ago and clay thompson's not that player anymore and wiggins doesn't look like the player that he was in the in the finals against the celtics so and draymond you know can't even get on the floor and stay on the floor um and they've got some young up-and-coming players that would really benefit from some consistent time. You know how you know, Jaime Hawkes gets 33 minutes a game? I'd like to see Moses Moody get close to that. I'd like to see J- uh, Jonathan Kuminga get close to that. I'd like to see Pajemski and Trace Jackson Davis get some more run. Um, and they're kind of blocked by guys who... I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't know Andrew Wiggins, but he just seems like he's just kind of cruising. He's an 11-year vet who had one All-Star season. He's made $200 million, and he just kind of seems like, eh, I'm kind of cruising, cruising along. Um, but I, I don't get Steve's rotation, and I, it feels like he decides on his rotation before the game. Why do I say that? At halftime last night, TJD, Moody, CP3, and Wiggins were the only players in the plus, on the plus-minus and Moody, who had played, played, I think he played, what, five minutes in the second quarter, 13 minutes overall, didn't play at all in the third quarter, and then gets at eight minutes, the rest of the minutes, the eight minutes in the fourth. Played good in the second, good in the fourth, didn't play in the third. And that's when the game was lost. And it's like, so I don't, if, I, if you're Moses, how, how are you supposed to get any flow in that situation? He still had double figures. He still scored 11 points in 13 minutes. He was plus 10. It's like it's almost like okay, I've got I've got to go back to these guys. Otherwise, Clay's going to give me the evil eye, or Wiggins is going to be unhappy. And it just uh, there's weird. It's a weird vibe right now. They've got they've. It seems like a really difficult nightly chore for Kerr to play the right rotation. And there's a lot of players that are very similar, and it's hard to gauge who's the right the right combination. I think he's struggling with it. 888-957-9570. Off to Dublin. Let's hear from Rob. Rob, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, good afternoon, fellas. Hey, man, I just want to say, these guys are professionals. I got it. They make a lot of money. But, bro, that's the coach. The coach say you on the bench, you on the bench. You on the bench for a reason, because these cats is brawling. They need to start TJD. They need to start uh, Moody, Kaminga. These guys all need to get running. Just like you said, how can you get flow if you're you hitting four minutes in the first half, seven in the second half? You're not getting no flow of the game. Come on, man. We got to change into the guard. Let these cats get their little run in every five, ten minutes. But put the ballers in. It's going to All right, Rob. Uh, thanks so much. Are we at that point? That. Are we at the point where you just you sit Wiggins? You sit Clay Thompson. Is that what we're referring to? Because, you know, there's 
a lot of this is just conjecture, but if we're to make serious changes, are we saying that, okay, we're at the point, because Pajepski's getting run, TJD, I think they're, as much as, yeah, I'd like to see him replace uh, Looney, but I think he's he's coming along as you'd like to see. Now, they're a little late to the party, because I'm with you, I think he should have started from, from Jump Street, but are we at the point now where we're saying, okay, Kaminga as well as Moody, are replacing Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins. These guys, the younger guys, Moody and Kuminga, are ready to play more minutes. There's no doubt they're ready to play more minutes. Is Steve ready to have them play more minutes is the main question. I'll say one other thing I want to credit Miami on last night. I thought Miami under Spolstra, and he's a great coach, man, he really is. They knew exactly when throughout the different runs in this game to go to you know kind of switch back and forth between their zones and their man-to-man concepts and i just thought the timing of when they went to man-to-man when they decided to go to a zone was just so so right on i just feel like spolster's just in such lockstep with his team so i mean i mean steve's right they got outplayed they got outcoached. Yes, they did. Why is it that last... Because everybody plays a zone and does the same thing, but it seemed like last night when Spo went to a zone, like you noticed it. You're like, holy crap, how do you break this zone? Everybody plays a zone, but for some reason, their zone was so difficult. You know, it looked as though... And I don't know, were they two, three, a, a, a triangle in one? But it, it looked as though, how do you break this code? They, they do things a little differently, which is sort of rare in what is a homogenous league where everybody is sort of similar to everybody else. Back to the phone lines. Let's get out to Berkeley. Doug joins the conversation. What's up, Doug? Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Good afternoon. Thanks for taking the call. How you doing? Doing great, man. How are you? Um, I'm doing really well. I got the day off. I'm doing really well. <laughs> um, uh, what I want to say is... Uh, you know, you, you just mentioned or you just mentioned about um, Moses Moody, you know, and he's in, he's out, you know, he's playing well, then he doesn't play the third quarter, you know, it's really hard. Now you know how Jordan Poole feels, okay? Uh, Kerr's a great coach. Um, he plays veterans really well. He historically, in my view, has had a hard time. He, he doesn't develop rookies well he doesn't develop young players well he's doing a little bit better job this year he did a horrible job the last two years um and it's a problem it's an it's a it's a tougher problem now because he's got a lot of young guys who are good and might be great uh, but he's got too many of them almost um and, you know with the old guys you know the the big three uh still demanding time Steph still deserving all the time uh it's a tough spot but but he historically he just it's not his forte it's not Kerr's forte and I think maybe that's why he's not got a contract this year because I don't think he knows exactly what's what's going on but Kaminga's complaining recently this is the last thing I'm going to say Kaminga's complaining recently uh, and I don't I'm not harsh on anybody, but but young man, you're 20 years old. You have a, a possibly a 15-year very good to excellent future in this league. When you're on the bench, sit down, shut up, observe, and learn. Because if you do that, in addition to your natural talents, you're going to be great. I know that was a lot, but uh, but uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of players on this team that uh, need more time. It's hard to get them more time, and and Kerr's not doing the best job uh, of, of of figuring out which time to put them in, which time not to. And you can see why some are disgruntled, and you can see why Jordan Poole's probably smiling right now. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks, Doug. I'd say this that I do think Pajemski's getting an opportunity to play. I think TJD is also getting some run. Now I'm with you. I think they're a little late to the party, but better late than never, as they like to say. Yeah, I mean, it's for TJD, this is a recent development. But you're right. TJDs look good, and he had a double-double last night. I mean, he's, he, he, to me, he should be starting over. Late. I agree. But when it comes to Jonathan Kaminga, I just have to stop there. Because when you look at Andrew Wiggins, what he did against Denver, and he played really well, 
So it's the fourth quarter, and again, I'm seeing Kaminga regress with the six turnovers. He was minus 26 overall. Am I going to play him in the fourth quarter after he was so bad the first three and not stay with Andrew Wiggins, who was so good last time out? I mean, is there... Can you see Kerr's logic and I just think of it look I look at it this way. It's easier for young players, I think I think it's easier for veteran players to come off the bench in all sports. Uh, but in basketball as well. It's easier for veterans to, you know, come off the bench bench and blend in than it is for a rookie. And the Warriors are starting their veterans, and they're bringing their rookies off the bench. And, you know, it's hard to say, okay, you're going to get a brief stint, make it happen now. Uh, veterans seem like they're way more ideally suited for that. So, I personally, I would just like to see, I mean, I don't, they don't need to play all their kids all the time or anything, but as I said, I'd like to see Clay and, and Steph and, and Chris Paul on the floor together, but... I like to see Kuminga and TJD, especially on a team that lacks size and athleticism in the front court, play your size and athleticism. And Kuminga has, you know, plays bigger than he is. He's a 6'8 player who plays like 6'10. He's got long arms, he can block shots, he can rebound the ball. And TJD gets off the floor and can and knows how to play. So I think he, you know, I would play I would definitely want to see Kuminga and TJD getting front court minutes. And I'd like, love to see them make a move to get a little bigger. I mean, that's the other thing. They some nights they just get outsized. Um and if you're that's fine if you can shoot the basketball. But when you're 24th in the league in field goal percentage and you're shooting 46% as a team and you're in and you're small, real small at times with Steph and CP uh CP3 um Come on. I mean, at that point, <laughs> you you got to have some more size than they have. They just have a lot of smaller players. So, you know, they've, they've, they've started to play Trace Jackson Davis, and it's been a positive thing. I just would love to see the young players, and Moody's one of them, know what they're going to get, role, what their role is night after night after night. There's kind of a chaotic feel to Steve's rotation, and... Um, you know, and I don't. I'm not sure exactly what the solution is, other than you may want to make a major move uh, and and shake up this roster a little bit. It doesn't seem like the kind of roster. You know, we're 30 games at 31 games in. Right now, do they seem like a title contender to you, or do they seem like a a team that's going to be the back end of the playoffs, or maybe even on the outside looking in? They don't. To me, they don't seem like a like a title contender. So I would shake it up. It's hard to know exactly what's out there move-wise, but I think they badly need something major and relatively quick to happen to kind of shake up their whole vibe because they last night was bad. I mean, that was an embarrassing loss. The Heat were down three major players, and you get run off your home floor. I mean, that's, that's, that's a bad look. Trace Jackson Davis, I'm with you. He has to play. He is, to your point how this is a small team, he's your best rim protector. And that's not a take. That's just, I think Steve Kerr, if he was sitting next to us right now, he'd say, yeah, he's my best rim protector right now. That's not what Kevon Looney does. So he's got to get minutes. Brandon Pajemski, I think, is, you know, he's getting his minutes. Again, when it comes to Kaminga and when it comes to Moody thing, I can't understand. The only thing I would say, maybe, you know, Moses, if you're, if you're listening, maybe you, you take a page from the script of Jonathan Kaminga and, you, you know, you complain a little bit more. I think he's got a little... He's got a little Kavon Looney in him. He's sort of a nice guy. Nice guys, you know what they say. He just gets sort of like, well, I know he's not going to complain. And he just sort of gets passed over and That's forgotten. so right on. That's so on the money. It's unbelievable. You're totally right. His, the first year, you're like, hey, it's kind of refreshing. He's a rookie. He's respectful. He's just going to take any role they want to give him, and he's fine with it. And he'll just do the best. But now you get the feeling that his easygoing personality it's just made it easier for Kerr to leave him on the bench. Where other guys are, you know, if he leaves Clay on the bench, Clay's probably going to tell him about it, you know, you know, and he's going to hear about it, and it's, there's going to be some upheaval. I think there maybe needs to be a little upheaval here. I think a little upheaval for the Warriors right about now would be a very, very good thing. And I'm, I'm not sure what that upheaval includes, but it has to be something major. 
It has to be, you know. I don't know if it's if it's uh, if it's move if it's having Kerr move on, kick him up upstairs. If it's trade Wiggins, if it's trade Draymond, if it's trade Chris Paul, if it's tra- you know um, Kaminga Moody. I don't want to move Kaminga or Moody, but because I don't think you're going to get good enough value for them right now. But this team needs a major shakeup, um, or. You know, get ready for just a really long season of just thorough mediocrity, where they're going to win forty to forty-two, maybe in that range, and and uh, struggle to make the playoffs. I mean, is that what they want? Is that what they want in the in the twilight years of Steph's career? I'm with you. I think something's coming. It's sort of like that scene in Jurassic Park where T Rex makes its first appearance, and they see the water in the car, and it's jiggling. You just know something's coming. I think last night was sort of the indicator it's coming and what that is i hear the steps it's not going to be small it's going to be (laughs) t-rex-esque we'll continue the conversation how do you fix the golden state warriors we see you holding on the phone lines we'll get to all of the calls much more larry kruger and dan avone after this quick timeout okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 